Welcome to A State of Mind with me, Julian Ocean. And today I'm speaking with Nicole Reby. Nicole is a therapist who specializes in working with people around issues of intimacy and in couples and relationship problems. She defines embodied mindfulness for us and talks about how we can use that in our relationships. And she actually guides me through a practice called SO, which stands for sensation, emotion, and want. I hope that through hearing her do that with me, that you can learn to do that on your own and in your own relationships. This was a short, heartwarming conversation. Uh, it was really great to have her here. And I think I succeeded in putting my foot in my mouth at least a few times. Um, I think I sometimes play a little dumb, especially when talking to fellow therapists, in order to draw their own wisdom out of them and to try to think about things from a different point of view rather than to assume that we know what we're talking about. And one example for me of that is a saying that I have heard from a lot of therapists and coaches and self-help gurus, which is to, quote, take 100% responsibility for your experience. And that never really makes sense to me if we're understanding that to mean that you as a separate individual person is somehow creating everything or causing everything to happen. But I think as practical advice for a stance to take towards your experience, it is helpful because by taking responsibility for what's happening, you get more in touch with what's happening and then you can respond to it rather than just react or be a victim. But hopefully you can do that without blaming yourself or blaming other people for what's going on, just seeing things realistically. So we talk about that a little bit, um, not so much from a philosophical point of view, but in practical terms of working with uh, a relationship that you're in, especially an intimate partnership. So without further ado, I bring you Nicole Reevy. Welcome to A State of Mind. And I'm talking today with Nicole, and she's a, a therapist and healer and astrologist, um, leads a few different groups here in Boulder, Colorado. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So yeah, my name is Nicole Reavy, and uh, I have a private practice at Boulder Center for Conscious Community. Um, and I provide opportunities for people to um, deepen their connection to their bodies um, and enhance their sexual intimacy within partnership. Um, that's my primary passion. Um, and then I also offer dream groups, soul collage groups, and um, body acceptance groups. So oh, Beautiful. Um, yeah. A lot of different offerings. Yeah. What is, what is soul collage? So soul collage is based off of Gestalt. And uh, basically, it's, it's about creating images um, through magazines, so mm -hmm. magazine images um, that you find through your intuition, and then you create cards. Then you speak from the cards with your imagination and intuition. So it's a way to actually access internal wisdom. Mm. So yeah, it's really powerful for people, and That's interesting. it's really healing for groups. Cool. So yeah. 
Too and how did time. you get to this point in your life, like as a therapist and everything? Like, what was your your path like? So I actually have wanted to be a therapist and have a healing center since I was 16. So almost three decades. Wow. Um, it's just something I knew. It's like a lifetime desire. Yeah, it's a deep, like a, a deep vision that mm. came to me um, as a young girl. Mm. So um, I've just really been on the quest for that. So I've done, I did body work uh, for 10 years and had a private practice doing that. Um, and then I went into um, working basically as a social worker with adults with disabilities and brain injury. Oh, wow. um, so I was a case manager um, for about six years. You get a degree in social work? Um, actually, I got a degree in contemplative psychology. Oh, okay. So my BA, yeah. Oh, okay. So, and then I just continued to venture out into things of interest, yoga and meditation and, um, yeah, different forms of embodiment. Mm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's been an exploration for sure. Yeah. And I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, is there, if there was one experience in your life that you would never want to repeat, like something painful, like you wouldn't wish on anyone, but that actually changed your life for the better. Do you have, is there one thing like that that comes to mind that you want to share? Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually it's what's propelled my research, okay. um, and embodied mindfulness and sexual intimacy. So I recently was divorced. Uh. Um, I went through grad school and a divorce simultaneously. Oh, wow. I don't know if I knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, and I would say the biggest reason why I left my marriage was because there was literally no emotional connection, which uh, filtered down into no physical connection. Mm. So it was probably the most isolating experience mm. of my life. Of having a partner, but then feeling completely disconnected. Um, and so that propelled me into, okay, how can I actually help people that are living this way in their marriages and in their relationships? How long were you married? Ten years. Ten years? But yeah. I've known this man for three decades. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Okay. But was it, I'm guessing it wasn't always like that? Did it kind of trend in that direction over time yeah it definitely wasn't always like that and I think that's part mm. of why it was so extreme because we mm. had such intense passion and intimacy for so long uh. and we never thought that that would ever change mm. and um, as we became more and more emotionally disconnected the physical also dissipated so clear connection with with emotional connection and the physical intimacy yeah so so through my research what i've learned is that long-term intimacy comes from that emotional connection mm. however there needs to be um, connection to self first in order to have connection with your partner mm. so a lot of people end up abandoning themselves 
in order to have connection with other. And so the idea is to actually bring your consciousness and awareness within your own being, within your own body, and cultivate that connection first Mm. so that you're self-validated as opposed to other validated. Does that make sense? Finding the connection within you as a kind of basis or ground. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So there is a practice to help people do that. So um, this is a, this is a practice that I do myself, and it's also a practice I um, teach my clients and groups. So it's called SEW, mm. and it's means sensation, emotion, want. Mm. So <coughs> when clients are unable to access their feelings the fastest way to know what they are feeling is by accessing their sensations. Mm, so, so physical sensations in your body. Right. So usually um, a client will say, okay, um, you know, I have tension in my shoulders or my chest feels tight mm. or my stomach actually feels like it has a ball in it, <coughs> a knot in it. Mm. Then from that place, they can actually access an emotion so I simplify it and I say so let's focus on your gut for a moment so just breathe Mm. into that and then I ask is it sad scared mad glad or sexual so from that say that again sad glad mad or sexual mad scared or sexual mad scared I haven't heard that before yeah there's also joy okay um so that's also one of the possibilities. These are like five basic emotions. Is that right? Yeah. I've just never heard the sexual as one of those. And it's interesting because sexual is not necessarily an emotion. Mm. It's your basic life force. Mm. However, it can be accessed through the sensations. It's not as frequently um, spoken with clients, but once they're able to label and it might be one of those or a few of those combined. Mm. Once they're able to label that and then feel into that emotion, it starts to move. Okay. So it might move into a different emotion. It might get bigger. It might dissipate. Mm. But from that place, it's kind of like the clouds clear internally. Mm. And they're able to access what they want. So that's the next part of the process is, what do I want? Mm. So in a partnership, they're able to speak what is it that that they're experiencing, an unarguable truth, which would be, my Mm. stomach hurts and I feel scared. Right. So your your own personal experience, you can't argue with that. If you you can name that clearly without involving other people in that. Which is, it's a skill in and of itself. Totally. Because often, if you you could ask like, hey, how's it going? You could say, you're making me really mad. That's something that could be argued. Right. Or that's something that's, you know. But if you say, I am feeling this sensation in my body, no one can dispute that. Exactly. And it, yeah. And it doesn't create conflict with other people when you, when you say it that way. No. Yeah. It actually creates connection. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because you start to connect with yourself. And then you're 100% responsible for what's happening. So the idea is anyone can feel anything at any time for any reason. Mm. I like that. Yeah. 
So that's the invitation and that's the practice of embodied mindfulness <clears throat> that helps cultivate a deeper sense of connection to self and other, which enhances long-term sexual intimacy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. If there's things going on that you're not naming or communicating with your partner, you don't you feel disconnected or not seen. Right. Cool. So right. The, this process of, let me see if I can repeat, like you're f feeling your own body and sensing in that and communicating that? So yeah, so I mean, we could even do it now. Okay, <laughs> that'd be fun. Just play with it right now. Like, do you want me to guide you? Um, sure. Okay. So um, just take a moment to um, drop your awareness into your body and notice any sensations that you're conscious of right now. And then when you're aware of them, just speak them out loud. Um, you can feel my butt on my chair. <laughs> I can feel like a tingling in my, kind of like a tingling in the pit of my stomach. Mm. And a little bit of like tension, tingling in my shoulders. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. So um, let's bring your awareness to the tingling in your stomach. Okay. So just take some breaths and bring your attention there. Hmm. It feels kind of feels warm. Okay. And I'm going to ask you what emotion might be connected or emotions. So is it sad, scared, glad, mad, or sexual? Or it could be a combination. Hmm. It feels like some excitement. Mm. Like it, some amount of, of fear, but it doesn't. It's not like exactly fear. More like anticipation, excitement, energy. So it feels like it has some of the glad, some of the mm. fear. Okay, so it's got a combination. Yeah. Okay, so are you willing to let yourself feel as scared and excited as you feel right now? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just let yourself feel that. Just breathe into that. Let yourself really experience that directly. And keep breathing. Yeah, I mean, as soon as you asked me that question, if I could feel it fully, it kind of shifted and it felt really good. I was like, my system was like, yes, I want to feel this fully. Mm. Now it feels, it feels more like, like on the happy side. Mm. Okay. So it's interesting because with fear, um, usually fear is excitement without the breath. Yeah, I've heard that. I yeah. That saying. yeah. So a question that, that I would ask you about the fear is, um, what's the perceived threat? Mm. Well, I think it, yeah, what's the perceived I mean, just that we're being recorded, that other people will be listening to this, that mm. they'll be judging me or you or... But it's also exciting. That also makes it feel more alive, more. Mm -hmm. There's more juice in it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then as you go back to the gut for a second where that was, um, what are you aware of now? 
it feels a lot more settled, actually. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's there's tingling, there's energy there, but it, it, the fear piece has feels different now. Okay. So then the next question is, uh, what do you want right now from your body, if your body could speak? Mm. I'm wanting... It's like wanting to be settled and calm and really present with you. Mm. And also wanting to model that. Mm. And to, yeah, it feels like the center of my being is like right there in the core of the pit of my stomach. Yeah. And it's wanting to create like a ground for our conversation to happen. Yeah. Within. <laughs> yeah. And, and my experience right now is that you're more present. Mm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I feel more, I feel more calm and more grounded. Yeah. Just having done that. Yeah. So would you say that you feel more connected to your own body right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the practice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think I think being seen and facilitated by someone else is adds a certain magic to it for me. I mean, because I, I can do that on my own. And I did a, you know, mindfulness practice before you got here. Um to exactly to do that, to like kind of ground and settle and be present. But then to name what's going on with me in connection with you, it's like a different feeling and flavor. And mm-hmm. it has me feeling more connected with you, actually, mm-hmm. rather than something I'm doing separately from you. Right. So what I'm aware of right now is that because you're more connected to yourself, you're more open to a connection with me. Mm. And so I feel more connected to you. And that feels directly influenced by the work that just happened. Yeah. That's yeah. It's cool to experience that in real time. But it's it's almost like if we you know, when I connect more with myself and it's kind of that settling feeling, then there's more availability for others. Because right. there's not something like knocking on the door of my attention, like because right. like before you got here, I was like kind of like trying to get the place ready and rushing around. I was like, uh. <laughs> like I'm not a morning person. <laughs> We're here in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just amazing what happens when when you know people are given permission to feel what they're actually feeling. Yeah, and, and to be asked to be asked about it. Right. Yeah. Right. So with couples, this is really powerful work. Hmm. Well, there's also no agenda, right? which is easier probably with you than if, if I'm in an intimate partnership with someone and we have a lot of history together. It's, it's actually difficult to be with them without an agenda because <laughs> <laughs> you're like thinking about the dishes in the sink or the plans you have later that day or the argument you got in yesterday. It's hard to like drop all that and, and just be curious like, hey, what's actually going on with you right now? Right. What's going on with me right now? And, right. And so this allows for presence Mm. because the body is always present Mm. no matter where the body is it just has no choice so when we bring our consciousness there then we are automatically more present Mm. yeah absolutely so from that place we can access truth which is also really scary because it's the unknown Mm. because we don't know what's going to happen We have no idea, moment to moment, right? Yeah. Well, that's the vulnerability piece, I think. That. Right. Yeah, I mean, I noticed doing this with you now, it, there was fear around how this would be perceived by others. Like, 
like if I totally let go, like, you know, because I want to maintain the conversation that we're having. <laughs> but it felt really natural. Like, I feel like it can all happen. It can all exist together. I can feel my body. I can be in connection. I can put words to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nice. But yeah, the body as a doorway or gateway to presence. And then for me, it's like the the sense of the body can stays there. Like, it doesn't have to go away. Like. But it doesn't have, I don't have to like hold on to it real tightly. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, the body's already present. So I don't, you don't need a lot of continuous effort to like, what am I feeling now? What am I feeling now? It's like just like an allowing of, of that. Right. And sometimes like the, the body sense will disappear kind of naturally for me in a, in a certain way. Like I'm not feeling my separate physical body as much. It's more of a spacious, you know, feelings are allowed, but they kind of come and go. Right. And that to me is really relaxing. Maybe even the definition of relaxation. Like you can mm-hmm. let, like, like it's like a natural, I don't know what words to do it, letting go. Yeah. You don't have to hold on to the body sense. Right. Yeah, there's something about um, having permission. So like what I said before about, you know, we all can have our feelings at any time for any reason. Hmm. It gives a sense of courage because a lot of times we'll turn away from our partner, from ourselves, because we don't want to have whatever emotion we're feeling at that moment. Mm. So it cultivates a sense of courage to face into what's actually happening within your own direct experience moment to moment. Yeah, absolutely. It does take courage. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and it take, it take, it's like a willingness to be with what is. Right and be with what comes up and to not have an agenda. I mean, I think we're, what I see myself sometimes in relationship is like, if you, you know, you make plans for a date night or something and you want, you're going out, you want to have a good time, but sometimes that agenda can, can be counterproductive. Right. Right. It's kind of paradoxical. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, so it's interesting cause I, I keep wanting to bring up, um, so another way that this supports connection with couples is um, hmm, is it keeps them out of the drama triangle. Ooh. So what's the drama triangle? So the drama triangle, which I'm sure some of you that are listening have heard of, <clears throat> but it's it's victim, villain, and hero. Uh, right, yeah. yeah, so the idea is that it's below the line as far as consciousness goes. So um, it's in a contracted state, mm. so to speak. Um, you so know, I, I have seen that play out with groups like so many times, man. And it, yeah. Yeah. But you, it also plays out with couples for sure. And, yeah. It plays out all the time. I think it. That's a great tool, the drama triangle. I'm, I'm, that's coming back to my mind now. Because <laughs> the one that we want to go to is the hero. I want to be the white knight. I want to save the day. And that requires a villain. Right. And that requires a struggle. And, right. And that's the human drama. I mean, it's, and it can be beautiful, but it's also like sometimes unnecessary. Um, right. Well, it's highly compelling and it's an adrenalized existence. So mm. a lot of times people live there internally. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they manifest it externally. So the idea of the SEW is it actually gets you out of the triangle and gets Mm. you to speak what you want. Mm. For an example, 
if I'm feeling scared and I express that and then I say to my partner, I want connection, Hmm. then my partner has the freedom to meet me and express what he wants. Hmm. And then we can co-create. So that's actually moved us out of the triangle because we're speaking truth instead of rotating around and around in a circle. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's so interesting to think about. I have experienced um, seeing my partner as the villain in that triangle, <laughs> and that's not a fun place to be in. No. <laughs> like when you live with someone, you're, you kind of have no choice but to relate and connect and work things out, and sometimes they'll be like the enemy, like, ah. Like, right. <laughs> and then sometimes, um, obviously not always like that, but but yeah, it's. Um, I think there's so much to that. Yeah. Well, what happens with this, like, you feel yourself and then you ask what you want and then you express that want. I mean, that that's vulnerable because you don't know how they're going to respond. And if you say something like, I want connection, that feels pretty open. I'm, most people are going to want connection if you're in a relationship. But if it was something like, I don't know, like, I want a blowjob <laughs> or something. Or, like, <laughs> or I want to go to eat Chinese food right now and make it a little bit less <laughs> charged of an example. <laughs> then maybe they they don't want that. And then... I don't know. Like you and that's okay. And that's okay. Because because the idea of this is that you're cultivating differentiation. So mm. when you look at when you look at biology and you look at cells, they differentiate from each other. However, they have a common goal. Right. So as a couple, what you're doing is you are speaking what's true for you and what you want, and then the opportunity is there for your partner to do the same. Ideally, everyone gets what they want, and there's a win-win agreement that's created from that. Hmm. And maybe a new agreement's created because an old agreement isn't working anymore. Yeah. Well, I think um, in relationship, like what I want really is is uh, dependent on my partner and where they're at. So, like the blowjob example is kind of a joke because I wouldn't want to say that if I didn't feel like that was on the table or something that you know, like it wouldn't. Like, my desire is so connected with um, the happiness of my partner and wanting to be, you know, deep in our relationship. So I, it's it's almost like what I want um, exists in relationship to what to where they're at. And, I mean, that's not always 100% going to work out, but but it's like if I tap into what I really want, it's, it's something that, um, yeah, ultimately that hopefully that would feel good to both of us. Right. And sometimes the, the part that's tricky for me is um, w- asking for space or if I want to have time alone or if I want to do my own thing, that, that feels tricky for me to ask for. That, so that um, is what I would call um, other validated intimacy. So, no. so that's not differentiation. That's actually I need your validation in order to feel okay. Right. Yeah, it's like you want. I'm wanting to make sure they're okay, and then I feel okay. Right. And that's yeah. That feels like a trap that right. can be not always the best way to relate. But that's my tendency right. in a relationship for sure. Yeah, and it's good to notice that. And I think that's I think that's why this topic is so important to me is because I used to be the same way, mm. um, and I realized there was a lot of self sacrifice happening, um, and then resentment and anger started to build within me. Um, and so that affected the connection because I had a lot of withholds. Right. 
That makes sense. So the withholds got in the way of actually creating what I ultimately wanted. So when I was able to start to access, okay, if I can actually stand in my truth and speak what's true right now, what's alive right now, then I noticed that the connection actually started to grow and Mm. change. So um, the invitation is always there. However, it's a practice. um, And it's not an easy practice because it requires a lot of um, uh, compassion towards yourself and connection with yourself and being able to recognize like you're not going to want the same thing as your partner. And that's okay. Because you're two different people, right? Yeah. It's two, you're two different people. I mean, it, it, well, it seems to me like it's, it is a practice and like some days you'll feel, you might feel very differentiated and like great communication. And then other days you kind of, other parts of yourself will like, like you'll, I don't know if, I don't like the word regress, but like there might be days where I feel kind of like what you're pointing to and the other days where I feel, um, yeah, like, like I'm dependent on them or the codependency thing or and it kind of, so I think I like to see it as a practice because you're not going to totally. stay in one place. It's like a fl- up and down flow. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So the invitation of the SEW <coughs> is literally a practice. So just <laughs> noticing, oh, wow, I completely self-abandoned. Yeah. And to have connection. That. And then Whoa. having compassion for yourself. Yeah. How do I bring that back in? Like, how do I self-companion mm. so that I can actually have this connection with myself and know what I want? And be here with my partner. Nice. I like that word self-companion. I think I think what I was trying to say earlier is when I think about what I want, it's like I don't. I think I think there's a danger of me coming that like too in, like seeing yourself as such an individual and separate from everyone, and like I'm not going to care at all about other people, and I'm just going to do my thing. Like, that feels like a trap to me also. Like, that doesn't feel true to me most of the time. Yeah, and, and that's that's not what I'm saying. Right. I'm talking about, like, the co-creative piece that's possible when people step out of the triangle, when they step out of the victim-villain-hero mm. scenario. Like, oh, you made me feel this. That's why I'm feeling this right now is because uh. of what you did or what you said. Instead of owning it and being 100% responsible for what's happening within your own direct experience and then creating new agreements from that place mm. that are co-creative and that are win-win. So I kind of want to touch on that one a little bit more about the being 100% responsible for your experience. How do you see that? Because if someone says something to me, it impacts me. It affects me. If I have an emotion in response to what they said, um, you know, it's very human. And so, uh, yeah, I can... 100% like look at what's true for me and it's like I'm impacted by other people, right? Absolutely. Well, sure. I think the idea is is that most people see it as react. That most people will go to a reactive brain place by seeing the other as the enemy. Mm. Instead of huh. Wow, I'm going to be curious for a second. Like I notice I feel sad. Okay, so I'm having a response. So when we can come from a place of response, then it's a different place. Because the sadness was already there. It just got activated externally. Mm, That's interesting. It was already alive. 
as human beings, we are sentient beings and we feel all of the emotions. Right. I mean, most of us feel all of the emotions. Um, we have better access to some than others. And some are definitely fallbacks for us. So the idea is that, yes, we, we already have that happening. And then someone says it, and we think it's the other person. We make a story that it's the other person mm. that made us feel that way. Mm. So this is, this is like revolutionary work, what I'm telling you. The <laughs> idea is actually... Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, the idea is, oh, it was already there. Now I'm conscious of it, and I can feel it. I can move it. Mm. Kind of like we digest food. Mm. We digest our emotions by actually feeling them. So does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Like feeling the emotion and then digesting it, being with it, not blaming someone else. But also, like, if, I mean, if you're in a situation that is continually causing you negative emotions, maybe you do need to leave that situation. Well, yeah, because you have access to what's true for you. Mm. So that's what's beautiful is that the truth isn't based on some past story. Mm. It's right now. And it can be accessed right now. Moment to moment. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've seen with uh, couples is couples start to express things they've never expressed before to each other. Uh. And they become closer than ever emotionally. Mm. And from that, the withholds start to get removed, mm. the things they were afraid to say. And there becomes this flow between them. Because there's no longer this fear of, oh, wow, when you say that, I'm going to have this reaction. Uh, it's like, okay, I can have my feelings. You can have the reaction. You can have the feelings, yeah. Can, you can have that experience, right? <laughs> and then actually they want to engage with each other mm. in a passionate way because mm. those, those blocks have been removed and now they have tools to work with them as they arise. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, it sounds really powerful. It must be really amazing to see that and witness. It is. And help facilitate it. It is. It's really amazing. And also it just gives them, uh, gives them tools so they can practice it in their daily life. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds simple, but it's, uh, <laughs> simple <laughs> it, and profound. It's challenging. I always tell my clients, I'm like, truth is sexy mm. and oxygen or fire needs oxygen. Mm. So that's when I talk about the differentiation piece. It creates the space. Right, like a sense of polarity. Is yeah. That part of, yeah. So, and then Esther Perel talks about how, you know, we have this part of us that really needs stability. And then we have this part of us that needs this freedom to explore. Right. And that's part of the human experience. And that's part of how attraction is within relationship. And so um, this work actually cultivates that. Mm. The stability, but then the freedom. Mm. I like that. Yeah, stability and freedom. Or it could also maybe we could, could we also say like safety and mm -hmm. um, 
I don't know, stimulate exploration, stimulation, mm -hmm. expansion, expansion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's this dynamic balance. Yeah. Well, where do you where do you see a lot of couples getting stuck around? Like, first of all, we never really learned things like this. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then once you, I mean, once you start to learn things like this and practice it, it I wonder if it, I mean, it, at first it like, yeah, it is revolutionary and changes everything, but eventually that could become your new normal to some degree. Yeah. Which is good. And there'll be new challenges on the horizon. I guess my, the thing that I, I keep, that keeps coming up for me is like this dynamic interplay in a relationship where um, like getting in touch with what I want and communicating it feels important, but it it also feels like it feels like like the movement of what I want is like creating like this like greater synthesis, like this like I wanna like to put it in sexual terms like I want my orgasm to open up and expand and experience that with another person. Yeah. So it feels like it doesn't it doesn't feel like what do, like when. It, when I ask, like, what do I want, it doesn't feel like the selfish, small I want. Mm -mm. It feels like something much deeper than that. And I'm trying to differentiate that for myself right now. I guess that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. So so the idea of speaking what's true, like, you can only know what's true for mm. you. Like, you know yourself better than anyone else. Right. Right? So only you know that. But when you can access that, you're in an expanded state. Mm. So, and when your partner can, they are as well. So from that place is options that might not even been available when you were in a contracted state. Mm. So then there is the co-creation, which it sounds like, okay, you want to synthesize. You want to create, have co-creative pleasure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> That's beautiful. So it's interesting how I'm glad that you're speaking this because who knows how people are hearing that. So so when I, when I guide clients to access what they want through the sensation emotions, they're responding through their body. Mm. So they're responding to what they want from basically their whole consciousness and not just something their ego mind wants. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. That so yeah. Important for yeah. Me. Their whole beings online. Right. As opposed to just the ideas and thoughts of what they think that they're supposed to have or should have or yeah. whatever storyline is happening. <clears throat> so right. it's, it's going deeper than that. Yeah. Did that, that help clarify? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. I guess as you know, like when I, teach mindfulness and meditation like the piece around um transcending the small what i call the small self feels important and i feel like that you just touched on that beautifully that when we like when we touch them with their body in a real way like really embody really feel what's happening really ask ourselves what we want that kind of inquiry carries us beyond what we thought of ourselves and what we thought we wanted exactly um, yeah exactly yeah yeah, like I feel like our body, like really tuning into that, it's not this solid, separate, independent thing that exists separately from everything else. It's it's in relationship already. It's in flux. And right. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That for me is where like freedom and liberation and, and like real life force comes in. Absolutely. I guess I'm, it's partly coming up for me in this conversation with you because a lot of times therapists and in psychology, we make a big deal around boundaries. And I feel like that's important. And a lot of people have a lot of work to do there, myself included. But I see sometimes that what to me feels like an extreme or like you become so boundaried and so concerned with what you want and what's true for you. And you're kind of walling yourself off. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, it's important to be able to communicate boundaries, but if that's coming at the expense of connection and, and getting in touch with what you really want, then it's counterproductive to me. It's interesting. Um, I find this work, uh, to leave me really open and fluid. Mm. Um, it helps me actually connect and align mm. to myself, which makes me more open to connection in general. That's beautiful. I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt that doing that exercise with you just briefly. Yeah. And then it's beautiful because when I'm sitting with clients, I have more consciousness as to what I'm experiencing here. Yeah, And so I can just say, when they start talking about a story that's occurring in their life, I can say, wow, you know what I notice when you're saying that? Is my jaw over here is so tight. And they're like, oh my gosh, my jaw is so tight I didn't even realize. And I'm like, so what's happening? Yeah. And they're like, you know what, I'm actually, I notice I'm really angry. Mm. And then the invitation is, would you be willing to feel that right now? Beautiful. So when we're stuck in our story, we're not even aware of our, what's going on in our body and in our emotions. And right. And so so it does create this deeper level of possible connection and co-creation between um, client and therapist. Mm. And you're, you're sensitive enough, like you're mirroring them in this way. Well, like, and I don't always know. I just know what's happening here. And mm. so it's a curiosity. But, but you're, what's happening over here for you is in relation to them. Like there's Absolutely. some, there's some reason why that, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool to hear. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, we've kind of started this work with, okay, couples and sexuality, sexual intimacy, but I think it's also uh, very powerful for therapists mm. so that they can actually stay present Yeah, and so, not yeah. get so caught up in here and Oh, am I guiding my client correctly? And am I, you know, all the stories that keep them from actually connecting? Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And then that whole, I'm going to abandon and go over here. And uh, then I'm not even in my experience. I don't even know what's happening. And then the client's like, uh, hi, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, whoops, I wasn't here. I, I left. Mm. And that, you, that leaving could happen out of care for the client, but it's like a miss. It's you named it well earlier where you like kind of <laughs> self abandonment. self abandonment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, how do I come home? Mm. How do I come back in here? Oh yeah. This is where I live. It's interesting to hear about. I think therapy is an interesting, uh, it's a, you know, it's a fascinating thing. Do you, do you tend to see clients for like the a 50 minute or an hour? It, it varies between 50 minutes to an hour, depending on how long their, um, their process is. And would it often be like once a week? Yeah, I see most of my clients once a week. Okay. Yeah. And do you find that to be effective and helpful? And 
I do. Um, I've done every other week with clients. Mm. Um, and I feel like the depth is hard to uh, sustain right. that way. So I think weekly is really, really important um, to do do the deeper work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it seems like it's really about helping people to discover these tools for themselves. So eventually they're not going to need to see you. It'll be a self-sufficient. Exactly. Um, and be able to carry this on in their own life. And exactly. But, but yeah, you're creating a relationship. It's, it's such an interesting way. It doesn't fit into a lot of our ideas around med medicine and healing. It's a, it's a different kind of, it's an emotional, relational kind of work. Yeah. I mean, it's a definitely a body-centered, mindfulness-based, transpersonal approach. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it's very different than what we're taught. I mean, we are definitely taught in our society to really uh, disconnect Mm. from our bodies. Well, I think we're I think we're overly individualistic. And when I what I heard you talking about was like differentiating but staying in connection. Totally. And yeah, that feels so important. Totally. Yeah. Like we're I think our the ideas we have about ourselves are are super important. And they're often unexamined. But the idea that we are the separate independent self that can do whatever it wants, it's just not true. Like mm -hmm. we First of all, everything that you think you want is influenced by things you've heard around you. And like, like if a new movie comes out and you want to see it and then you're looking online to buy tickets and you stop and ask yourself, like, what do I want? I want to go to the movie, but why do you want that? Because my friend said it was a great movie. It's like mm -hmm. it came from something else. Like we're influenced right. by other people all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, and what's really, really beautiful is to watch clients make decisions from their bodies. Mm. So they begin to know what is a yes and what is a no. Mm. So in the beginning, when they're first learning how to do this, their mind will have its initial reaction. Like, mm. oh yeah, I want to go see that movie. <laughs> like, I want to go see that movie like tonight, right? right? And then they'll check in their body will tell them something different like actually that's not what I want to do I mm. want to rest or I want to take a walk or mm. I want to go in the mountains so <clears throat> then there's more choice yeah there's more choice so they can choose to go with this initial reaction or they can choose to come from the deeper connection of the body mm. the body's wisdom I like that it's um, like we get our mind gets separated from our bodies somehow. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. <laughs> yeah, so this is about bringing everything back online so that you're more um, awake and more conscious. Mm, more there, there's more no integrated. Choice. Yeah, there's yeah. no choice. Um, yeah, so it's uh, quite a gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, a gift for other people, too. When, you know, when you can start to do this this work yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is this is um, definitely foundational um, to, to the work I do. Mm. This is one of many tools, but this is the primary tool. Mm. So 
yeah. embodiment piece. Is that what you would call it? Like embodiment? Yeah. I mean, I call it embodied mindfulness. Mm. Um, that's what I call it. Beautiful. So, yeah. And then this is really powerful too with Gestalt. Mm. So um, synthesizing these together is uh, quite amazing for clients. Mm. So, yeah. And you said you're doing research about this? Yeah, so um, my supervisor, Julie Caldwell, at Boulder Center for Conscious Community, um, her and I are working with couples on uh, the SEW practice and uh, long-term sexual intimacy. So we'll be starting that here in the next couple months. And, uh, yeah, we're actually looking for couples right now that want to explore um, this this oh, practice cool. together. What, what is, how does the research go? Like, is it like you'll talk, like is it like a questionnaire kind of thing at the beginning? And You know, it's interesting. We have been talking about doing this for the last year, and uh, we have not actually specified exactly how we're going to start the process mm. and what that's going to look like. Um, but there'll be probably a questionnaire and then a lot of direct experience and then the questionnaire after the direct experience mm. and kind of watching couples over time to see how this affects cool. um, like their what, intimacy. What kind of time frame would it? Um, probably over... I don't know, like four or five months. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's exciting. Yeah, it's really <laughs> exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, one of the things I really believe in is that the more people that do this kind of inner work with mindfulness and embodied mindfulness and in relationships and heal their relationships and develop greater intimacy, I believe the less uh, consumerism we'll have and the less environmental destruction and even like the less warfare on the world stage, I think it really impacts our whole society. Because when we have these needs and um, emotions and we're cut off and disconnected, I think that's like percolates out and like leads to a lot of the dysfunction that we see in the world. I completely um, agree with you. Yeah. So when people are connected to their own bodies and their whole consciousness is online, mm. it starts to transform their choices because they have more access to actually what's true and whatever they put in their mouth, whatever step they take, whoever they interact with, they're just more aware, they're more awake. Mm. So if they eat something that maybe is disharmonic to their body, they know pretty much right away because there is this connection mm. that's being cultivated all the time. Yeah. I think it, um, it's interesting for me to think about in terms of ethics. Like if you if I say something and then I'll feel it in my body, oh, that didn't feel right or didn't feel good. And and then I could, you know, address it. Or if you do something that, that doesn't feel right, you'll feel it in your body. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll feel it right away. Um, it's bringing up an interesting uh, experience I've been having with clients. Um, I have clients that are afraid to feel their anger. Mm-hmm. And um, I, t I tell them, if you're afraid to feel your anger, then you don't know when a boundary has been crossed mm -hmm. until after it's been crossed. Yeah. I mean, I think of all the emotions, especially for men, anger is a really difficult one because it can be so destructive. But there's a cost to not feeling it for sure. So, Right. And there's a strong difference between feeling it and expressing it. Right. Destructively. That's important. <laughs> right. Because if you're intimate with it and you're feeling it, it's transmuting. Mm. Just letting yourself really feel it can be transmuting it. 
Yeah, that's what happens to mm. people. Yeah, when they actually go into it and mm. allow themselves to experience it within their own system. Yeah. Yeah, which ripples out. So it ripples out into everything in their life. There's more. Um, there's more clarity. There's more ability to be intimate with life in general. Mm. So and choices become more conscious. So I think it definitely ripples out on multiple levels. Yeah. No, that's thank you for sharing that. I'm not mm -hmm. sure what to just could you just like help walk us through that a little bit? Like something happens, you feel angry about it. I mean, often like you'll feel the anger, but you're talking about feeling it in a different kind of way. Like not just thinking about it, but actually feeling it in your body and then I think I like the piece of connecting it with like a boundary has been crossed or something's happened that needs to be, there's often some kind of action that, or, or a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. And I think, th I think you bring up a really important point that I want to make sure that I say. Um, so, so with anger, usually the question asked with clients is what are you getting that you don't want mm. or what are you not getting that you want? Mm. With sadness, it's what's the loss? Mm. Um, with fear, what's the perceived threat? Mm. So those questions usually help people. Um, sometimes just going into the anger can be really, really intense for people. So sometimes they just get to go into the neighborhood of the anger, but they can't go right directly into the storm of the anger within their body. Mm. Um, and so they can go into it, fill it a little bit, and sometimes the questions help to start to move it. Yeah. Well, they help you get more in touch with it and, yeah, right. and move it. Those, right. those questions are beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I definitely tend to feel my anger in my jaw and my face. Mm. Um, and so then I go through, I, f I feel it directly, and then I go through the inquiry process. Mm. that I just said with those questions. You could do that on your own. You don't have to have a therapist ask you that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. That feels important. I mean, in my own life, I've been doing more what I think of as therapy work just on my own because we have a limited, you know, I have limited time and money. I can't go to therapy every time <laughs> I feel angry. So we have to learn these these tools and and it's like a self-inquiry and, a, and a, a kind of conversation within myself. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's this beautiful intelligence that we all have access to mm. if we're willing to move more intimately towards our own body's direct experience. Mm. Yeah. And th there's an intelligence with the anger. Absolutely. And with all the emotions. Mm. Right. With all the emotions. All the emotions. Yeah. So, and it's fascinating too, um, a lot of my female clients with anger, they'll actually cry when they're angry. Mm. Um, so oh. they'll have a different response to anger than you would anticipate. Mm. So then they become conscious of that. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize actually that every time I feel angry, I cry. Oh. Um, so, so you get to learn yourself directly beyond your stories, mm. <laughs> which is well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's empowering. Yeah. And then I also want to mention we do have a community um, called ILC, Intensive Learning Community, that meets every other Wednesday evening. Um, we have the basics from 6 to 6.45, mm. um, and it's $5 to drop in. And this is where 
uh, people start to learn this in a group setting, Mm. these practices. Um, And if they decide they want to commit longer term, um, they can uh, attend ILC every other Wednesday evening from 7 to 8.30. So, and we will be changing that um, to Tuesday evenings in July. Okay. um, But currently it's on Wednesday night. So if people in the community want to come and actually experience what this work is, um, it's a great way to do it. That's wonderful. That's a really affordable price. That's that's great. Yeah, it's great. And then ILC... Um, is a bigger financial commitment. I believe it's a hundred, it's like a hundred a month and it meets twice a month. So wonderful. Yeah. And you have, um, you want to mention a website where people could find you if they want to go? Yeah. So my website is mytreehealingarts.com and that's M A I T R I healing arts. Um, you can find, um, information about my workshops and groups, um, and all the stuff that I do. So, um, and I will be setting up my groups for, uh, soul collage, dream work, and my, um, body image acceptance group in August. So there'll be more information on those. Great. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate the time. I, um, have really enjoyed being here and I want to thank you so much for allowing me the space <laughs> to share this. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming. All this talk about anger makes me think of Trump. We should uh, send you over to the White House and (laughs) help him feel his feelings. (laughs) Well, I have to say that a lot of us are having a lot of feelings right now. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think it's important for us to actually support one another in having our feelings Mm. so that we can um, have more access to how to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how to move forward in a resourced, co-creative way. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support this show, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash a state of mind. If you would like to learn more about my work as a meditation teacher, therapist, and coach, please visit julianocean.us. For show notes and more information, please visit astateofmindplay.com. And I hope you all have a beautiful day.